When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Just Breakup family, if you want to support the free content that Sam and I bring you every week, you can subscribe to support us on Patreon. That's right. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode, which you should know by now because I say this at the end of every episode. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? We also have new extra higher tiers in addition to the $5. So for $10 a month, in addition to the extra episode, you get a shout out from us personally on a primary episode, just like this one. Spoiler alert, there'll be one later in the episode. Um, And you'll also get access to our lens feed, which is basically the Patreon's version of stories for extra behind the scenes content. For $25 a month, you'll You'll get all the aforementioned goodies, but we'll also send you a personalized package from Sam and I with a Just Break Up pint glass, sticker, pin, and a signed note expressing just how much we love you. That's right. And if you sign up for $50 a month, first of all, wow, thank you so much. But secondly, you get all of the aforementioned goodies, plus we will uh, answer your letter Uh, either on the episode itself, or we will send you a written response. So you'll get a guaranteed response to your question from me and Sierra. And that's that's a fifty dollar one time thing. So um, then you can support us about at any level afterwards. But anyway, so if you want to check this out to support all of the content that Sam and I bring you for free every week, it would mean so much to us if you subscribe to support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash just break up pod. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like when your husband's friends' wives all hate you, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, looking for a lifeboat, and being in love with your boss. Ooh. Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. We don't. We don't. We don't know what we're doing. Absolutely. If you all could hear the things that Spencer edits out of these episodes, <laughs> just like long, long Personal. pauses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long pauses. For sure. We just talked about Mad Men for like 15 minutes for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Because I watched the last season like 40 years late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And she kept shouting at me about spoilers. Yeah. Um, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We are just two humans who make a ton of mistakes like every other human in the world because Mm -hmm. it's impossible to be perfect. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer offer (laughs) our humble musings to hopefully shed some (laughs) understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. I'm going to start doing more voices. You should. Confusing experiences. (laughs) Well, you (laughs) always make fun of my NPR voice. So like. (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. 
What is our check-in topic, Sam? Uh, our check-in topic is inspired by uh, Virgo Queen. Who wrote in, a letter writer? Yes. Okay. Uh, I thought you were like, it's inspired by Virgos, comma, Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Uh, And Virgo Queen is writing from the void. And basically they uh, sent us a letter um, and asked and says in it, my question for you is really simple. Do you believe in love at first sight? Mm. 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 What do you think? Um, No. No. (laughs) Of course you don't. Yeah, I know. I know that. (laughs) You know, what's funny is I knew that, (laughs) but I think some people might assume that I believe in love at first sight. And sometimes I think I do Mm -hmm. because the first time I ever saw Willow, I was like so drawn to her. I like knew I was going to meet her and I knew I was going to be with her. It was like a weird feeling. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of like how the guy from you feels about the people that he wants to date too. I just watched that. I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. Oh my God. Offline. Okay. <laughs> he's so fine though. I know. So weirdly attractive. He is. I mean, it's not, he's not weirdly attractive. He's just a weird, like he is attractive. He's a unique, he's a, but he has unique beauty. That's true. Okay. Anyway, um, I, this is all to say while I love the idea, I love it first sight. And more importantly, I think I, 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 I love the idea of um, a really organic, immediate connection or being drawn to someone, mm-hmm. right? You know you know what that is. Like mm-hmm. when you walk in a room and you're like, oh, I'm going to be cool friends with this person yep, or, sure. or whatever. We didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm like, I don't know what that is like because I don't like new people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but this is, but I don't actually believe in love at first sight um, because I think when it does happen, like Willow and I, it's luck. Like it's, I'm, it's, it's luck that we, that, 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 that initial feeling became something for sure. So I would never claim that it was love at first sight. I will openly and honestly say that I was, I felt drawn to her, Yeah. but do I believe that there was like a cosmic reason that we were going to, you know, they were going to be together? I, I, no, because I've felt drawn to other people and they have turned out to be terrible <laughs> or they've, <laughs> or they've the turned truth. out to be a stranger. You yep. know, I was drawn to them and, it, and nothing happened. So for I sure. think that it's, it's a hundred things have to happen for your, your love at first sight love to turn into love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. maybe well, I feel, I believe in like, I believe in attraction at first sight. Yeah. Like I feel, I believe in being drawn to people at yes. first sight. Right. But we've talked about this multiple times, but like love is not a feeling. Love is a verb, right? Mm. Love is like the things that you do. It's, it takes work. It takes practice. It takes like intentionality. Right. Right. And so I, I feel like what my issue with the idea of love at first sight is that it's like, it assumes that that's all you need. Like in that moment, you know, perfectly articulated. Right. And the reality is, is like love takes work. Right. It's not love at first sight because love takes time to be created it takes intentional acts of kindness and respect and all of the things that we talk about it can't just be a moment in time where suddenly it's like boom right i'm in love with this person right absolutely yeah um and all of our romantic friends are like shut up sam well i i love our i love willow and i story i love that i immediately (laughs) i just feel to you all over myself everyone I'm, i'm sorry I tried, man. I tried to keep it together, but there are so many layers to your reaction. It's okay. I'm also wearing like 18 layers right now. 
Um, okay, so Sam spilled tea, literally. <laughs> ah, nice work. Um, but our, uh, this, what I'm saying is like, I, I find Willow and I's story to be very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, that I saw her and I was like immediately drawn to her. Um, but I, there, the head and heart worker in me knows that it is, that that is not why we're together. Mm. Why we're together is because her and I worked on ourselves for 10 plus fucking years. <laughs> right. We, and we were the luck of the universe brought back together mm-hmm. and had the tools and resources and, and, um, connection to right. sustain a relationship right, and put exactly. in the work. Yeah, for sure. And that, I mean, that's exactly it yeah. too, right? Like that may have been love at first sight, but it wasn't until like 13 years later that you were actually able to love to each other. in on that, right? really. Like in that way. What is, I mean, it, it's, and it's not even infatuation at first sight, which I have heard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a something at first sight, right? Spark at first sight. I'll oh, say that. Spark I'm okay with that. Sight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you have this spark and I did, um, but that spark doesn't fuel a, the fires of relationships. Well, sometimes it can Hashtag start a wildfire, which is yeah. like also not great. Oh God, right? I love when we go on these little <laughs> metaphor rants. But if it wants to like start a nice fire that like warms your house and like Forever. lets you cook your food, right? <laughs> then it needs to be sustainable with the right amount of fuel, with right. the right amount of care, but can't get too... Smoky. Right? Right. Because like, can't, let me tell you... Can't smother that fire, girl. <laughs> right? So many of the sparks that have ignited from my sparks at first have sight... Been have been like house fires. <laughs> yeah, have like burned down the whole house. <laughs> and you have to rebuild yourself. Yeah, right. God, I <laughs> love going to these little metaphor <laughs> parties with you. Uh-huh. All right. So those are Sam... I mean, that is neither right or wrong. Mm-hmm. That's just Sam and I's feeling on whether there's love at first sight. Is the, Before we go, to kind of touch on what the letter writer wrote about, is like, how do you... How do you not let those feelings that spark at first sight mm-hmm. cloud your judgment about how to move forward? And also, how do you like not ignore that too right. as part of it? Like, because I, I don't want to come across and be like, you should be ignoring all of the Yeah, Sam the definitely doesn't that- believe in love, period. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I, I do, like when you're excited about a person, that's good. Like yeah. be excited about the person yeah. that you just met or yeah. like... And I think yeah. we sometimes we talked about that. Ourselves. Like, how do you how do you not come off too strong? And I was like, uh, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I'll like all your Instagram <laughs> pictures. You know, I'll tattoo your name on my face. Just right? kidding. But I think you know there are moments of being like, am I? Is this because I'm just excited about this person, or is this because I'm like creating a narrative about this person in my head? And like, ninety percent of, of the time, it was a narrative, yeah, right? <laughs> they me, might both be true. Yeah. So be excited about the person, but also be smart, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the end of it yeah (laughs) which is like really pithy advice that like (laughs) isn't helpful let's move on and give more unhelpful advice oh perfect yes let's do it the first letter of this episode is from liz carr who is writing to us from austin Mm. hey y'all obsessed with your show and talk about it regularly in therapy and my therapist approves yay oh thank god (laughs) my husband has a group of friends that he's known since middle school they're 30 They all have remained relatively tight-knit. The wives of the group are also all good friends. Well, except me. I wasn't invited to some of their weddings after being, quote, in the group for four plus years and my husband being invited. (laughs) Jesus. I know. (laughs) 
That's so low. Just like a level of pettiness that's I know. intense. They hardly acknowledge me in social settings. And sometimes when I'm talking, they'll even look away or start their own conversation. I've literally sat at a table with them, not been spoken to once, and have them make plans and actively avoid big details. So I can't figure out where, where, where or when they're going. Jesus. I've never met a group of people who have a complete inability to j- just be cordial. I have never had an issue making friends, and while I know not everyone is liked by everyone, I'm generally pretty easy to get along with. I'm funny, kind, warm, and genuinely want to have a good connection with people. So part of me kind of assumed that maybe I was being sensitive or letting my anxiety get the best of me, but I recently learned that they complained to my husband about me, claiming I always try to dominate conversations and make them about me. In the same conversation, they said I ignored them and don't make an effort to be included. But like, how are both of these even possible? (laughs) I'm grasping at straws, trying to have a conversation with these women, trying to connect. And somehow I'm talking too much about myself when they hardly acknowledge me and not trying hard enough when uh, after being ignored. My husband's best friend, Steve, is having a 30th birthday in Vegas with the whole group. I'm having a lot of anxiety about this trip. It's really hurt my feelings and confirmed all of my anxieties. I also don't feel like I have space to confront the situation because I don't want to, quote, make things about me, like they said. I just feel backed into a corner with people that will kind of always be in my life as long as as my husband has these 15-year-plus friendships. How do I navigate not only these relationships, but this trip and future events where I can't avoid them? Is it wrong to hashtag block, block, block them if I know I will anxiously and obsessively make myself sad by Mm. looking at all the pictures from the event I'm not invited to? Do I suck super bad and not know it? (laughs) I'm a sensitive little lamb. So maybe this isn't as big as it feels, but I'm really hurt and don't see a way to handle this that doesn't cause more problems. Thanks for any and all advice. Love y'all. Thanks so much for writing, Liz. And I'm a sensitive little lamb too. <laughs> I am. I'm just very sensitive. <clears throat> uh, I get it. Um, I would also be very sensitive in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what drew me to this letter was that I didn't know how to answer. <laughs> oh my God. I know. It's like, <laughs> like when Russian I was reading roulette. this, I was just like, what am I supposed to, what, what am I supposed to do? Like what should Liz do in this yeah. situation? Cause it's just like, it's so, it's just such a sticky, sticky problem. So my, when, upon learning that you don't know what to say either, <laughs> that yeah, I can't piggyback we're, we're ab, off podcast. of your genius, <laughs> right. um, I thought, okay, well, what can we do? And I, I went really quickly through the Rolodex of her head of like, of things we've said before, like, um, play stupid and cheerful and, cheerful and stupid, yep. right? Um, just be overly friendly and accommodating or whatever and know that a, that's not let, about you. Yeah. Don't. Don't let their passive aggressive things affect you, right? Take right, everything right, at right, face right. value. Just pretend like there's nothing wrong because you don't owe it to them to fix this problem, right. right? And you have to be around them. And so just don't let them get under your skin. Just surface level the whole time. Right. Hi, how are you? So good to see oh you. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't hear that passive aggressive thing you just said to me. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's number one. That's an option. It and is an option. It is, it's an approach, right? Um, number two is a black, black, black sort of situation. And I, but I just don't think that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. Right. And which leads me to the, 
to the first thought I had when assessing this, realizing you had no advice, (laughs) which is, can she talk to them about it? Is this an opportunity where you can, where transparency and an uncomfortable conversation will at least push some change in some direction? Mm -hmm. Will it be convenient? No. Will it be pretty less so? Um, Will it be uncomfortable? Will they potentially be like, nice to your face and then be like, Oh my God, I can't believe she said that to us mm-hmm. later. Th- there are a hundred like quote unquote consequences, but why that came to mind is like, it seems like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place and something that can sh- often shake us out of those situations is radical honesty and vulnerability. Yes. Yep. So can you say, can you like, is there a way and don't get me wrong, if you're like, I, I just can't do that. For sure. Then I think Sam and I understand. Yep. But is there a way for you to say the next time, like, like ask them all to come over or ask a couple of them, like the mother hens of them, you know? <laughs> yes, and the say, ones that I, are nicest or... Say, I would love to have you guys over for coffee. I, I really need to talk about something or, or something like that. And say, um, for the past three years or whatever, I have felt insecure about my place in this group Mm -hmm. um and i'm coming with you with with an open heart and a desire to to make things work for all of us i love my husband i i respect and love these relationships Mm -hmm. and i have felt some tension um and my husband has communicated to me that you all have some tension or frustrations with me and i'd like to air them because we're adults and Mm -hmm. my relationship isn't going anywhere yep I really feel like that's where she's at. I think so too. I think you could do that. I wouldn't do it with the whole group because it yeah. feels like there's a lot of like Totally. I would group. do it with the mother hens, whatever yes. that is. Um, and even just one-on-one, maybe with each one of them separately, right? To have this conversation if you're up for it. Right. Because I think sometimes showing up in a space like this with vulnerability can r- push, like push people off of their, wherever they're standing. Horse. Right. Yeah, exactly. Can be like, oh shit. She's a human. Yep. Who and has the, feelings. And the things that I've been doing are negative. And these yeah. narratives I've been saying about her have been hurting her. Yes. Right. And I think it takes a lot of fucking guts to do that though. Right. Yes. Like let's acknowledge that this yes. is not, this is easier for Sierra and I to say than it is to actually yeah, and do. And that's why I started by saying like, if you can't do this, that's understand. Oh, for sure. But I truly think that you're at a point where you're like, like I often think about that radical openness and vulnerability as something that startles us out of our old behaviors Mm -hmm. and startles us into more brave, authentic, you know, chapter of our life. For sure. And even just what what needs to be shook, shook loose. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Because sometimes we get into our ruts where we are like, oh, this person's a horrible person, blah, 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 blah. And then you hear this is hurting me oh right God, from the person. Totally. And then it's suddenly like, Oh my God. Yes, it is. Of course. Like, right. I was, I had this story about you in my head that was absolutely not true. And that's unfair to you. Right. right? And sometimes that works, but also sometimes it doesn't. Which means yep. if that doesn't work, then you can go, you have every right to say, honey, I love you. And I really love and respect your friendships. They're not my friendships Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yep. And to say, I'm going to go on this trip with you. I'm going to be around these women. I'm going to be cheerful and stupid the whole time, but like, I'm not going to engage fully with them. Like I have written off trying to repair these relationships. Mm. I will do what I need to do in order to make sure that everyone is having a good time. But Mm -hmm. like, know that this is going to take emotional work for me and I will need 
something afterwards in order to like feel better about mm-hmm. stuff. I need your support. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I need to be able I don't to need come you to, to you. Unfriend <clears throat> these friends. I just need you to support me in moving forward with my life. Absolutely. And I think your husband has like it's great that your husband like stood up for you in these conversations yeah. and like was honest with you about what people are saying. So it sounds like he would be supportive of that. Um but you know one of the things that I love about Brene Brown and the Braving the Wilderness, not Braving the Wilderness, Daring Greatly, mm-hmm. is that she has the whole book is on that quote of from um, from Teddy Roosevelt about like, it. you know, standing in the arena, all of the blood, sweat and tears, like the people around you who are making comments about what's happening don't matter because it's only the people who are in the arena being vulnerable, doing this work that matter. Oh my God. I get chills every time I think about that. I know it's so good. But what I love is that she also says, if a person is not in the arena with you, they don't get to, they don't get to, they don't get to see your vulnerability. Right. right? So if you showed these folks, this vulnerability and they'd reject it, they're not in the arena with you and you have every right to not care about what they think Mm -hmm. or what they're doing. And I'm not saying like, go be an asshole to them. But release yourself of their expectations, release yourself of trying to make them like you Mm -hmm. because they've proven that they don't want to step into that arena with you. They don't want to show up authentically. They don't want to to see you as you are. It is easier for them in those moments to make up stories about you. And there's nothing that you can do to change that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, Maybe I'll read the in the arena quote for our affirmation at the end of the show because it's just so powerful it is um and it it really it's about centering your own courage Mm -hmm. and inviting people to do that work with you but most of all protecting yourself and and being brave and putting putting yourself in you know into situations you want to be in absolutely um but i do want to say like this is just a really hard situation and it And it sucks to be in it, right? Mm -hmm. To have people telling stories about you that aren't true, to to really want to show up and engage with people and have them reject you and and disparage you to other people. Like that's a really shitty situation to be in. It 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 wears on you. For sure. And it's it's okay for you to feel sad about this, right? right? It's okay for you to be angry about this that's happening, right? I don't want you to erase yourself so much in the situation that you forget what you are allowed to and should be feeling, right? right? Um, but you do have the capacity to just not give these people any of you, right? right. You have the capacity to put up those boundaries and say, um, I have tried to be vulnerable with you. I have tried to make you see me for who I am and you're not willing to do that. And so this is the only part that you get of me, mm-hmm. which is cheerful. And us <laughs> and us sensitive lambs, that's really hard for sure. because we want to be liked. We want to um, feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to feel the discomfort of, of, of feeling like we disappointed or, or people disapprove of us. Right. Um, that's hard. It's hard when you're, when you're tender yep. to be tenderized. <laughs> um, but the big, the best thing that us like tender lambs can do is like not grow a thick skin because us being emotional is one of our superpowers, mm-hmm. right? But instead, bigging ourselves up enough to where we respect our safety and our wellness more than the desire to please other people. For sure. And recognizing you you don't have an endless well of energy and love to give, right? <clears throat> right? And so who are you going to focus that energy and love on? 
the people that you know, love and, and want to put energy into, into you, you. Yeah. Right. And that are willing to show up and engage authentically and vulnerably or these people who at the end of the day don't matter that much, right? You know what? And whose opinion doesn't matter yeah. that much. How much time and energy are you going to put into that when it's a zero sum in some ways? Right. Like you only have so much to give. You know what I want to talk about really quickly before we move on? Yeah. Because it it does, it helps to check me on my shit. It's kind of what you're talking about. Like when you're looking at these women, this wives club, mm-hmm. like how often we fall into routines of like pack mentality yeah for and real. That, how that feels like something that we can connect on it's like how some of my friends like you and i when we first started being friends a lot of what we would talk about was work mm-hmm. and, because that's what we bonded over that's what felt safe and not vulnerable yep and when our new co-workers would come in we could we could find common ground. We could find a fake vulnerability complaining about those coworkers <laughs> to each other. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah. makes us feel close. It, it's fun. It's like, oh, I'm going to say this funny thing and Sam's going to laugh. Like it was a, it's a way to bond. And I think so often we do that in social groups mm-hmm. because uh, we it's like a safety in numbers sort of things. Like we feel better for sure in groups, and we feel we feel like it's hard. It's easier. It's harder for me to say to you, Sam, I had a really hard month. I've been really depressed and I feel really shitty about myself. It's harder to say that than it is to say, oh my God, look at Tammy and her fucking stupid haircut. For sure. You know, or even to say, Sam, you have hurt me in this right. way. Right. And then instead say, well, that other person is where right. we should focus all of our attention. And I think on. that's, I, that's the last thing I'll say, Liz, is that I think that they are making you a safe zone for them. Right. I truly believe that they're just, they are making a mountain out of a molehill because it's a way for them to connect. Right. Um, and and I, I, this heal is over fissures that are between them. Right. right? Yeah. And this is, so this is me calling out me, my, my community, my friends mm-hmm. to say like, I would rather have real vulnerability um, than fall back into like fake niceties and fake gang mentality. Sure. You know, I'm going to hold myself accountable to be like, if I want to have a vulnerable friendship, I'm going to be, I have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And also like, it reminds me of what Brene Brown says about belonging too, mm-hmm. like in Braving the Wilderness yeah. about how a true sense of belonging actually doesn't involve other people. Exactly. It's knowing that no matter where you are, you are fully yourself and right. you are you are beautiful because of that full right. self, right? right? And so you can walk into any space and belong to yourself right? while also finding people with whom you can create connections. And right. so know that no matter what these women think of you, you have every right to walk into that room and be exactly who you are. And right. what they think about you at the end of the day doesn't Does matter, matter, right? Thank you so much for writing, Liz. We hope everything goes well. We believe in you and we love you. Thank you so much for writing. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you 
lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month. So I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Our next letter comes from Jess, a.k.a. Messy Hearted Adult Baby. (laughs) get that tattooed please do Uh, that's gonna be our next t-shirt i'm a messy hearted adult baby uh and jess is writing from pennsylvania hi sierra and sam first let me say your podcast is a newer find for me and has easily become a favorite listen you guys help me feel both centered and seen I wish the two of you nothing but love and happiness from life Mm. keeping your amazingly unique selves Okay, so my problem is this. I think I might be in genuine and pure love with two separate people. I'm feeling unable to decipher if one of them is just a platonic friendship level connection, and it's almost impossible to make that breakthrough because I am currently in a monogamous and exclusive relationship with the other person involved. 
It was spring of 2015 when I met Matt. He DM'd me after listening to one of my spoken word pieces on the internet to tell me how much it had resonated with him. We instantly hit it off. What started as a conversation on poetry and the intimacy we were both able to find in spoken word turned into the constant sharing of memes, daily thoughts, and nightly phone calls that always seemed to end with him talking to me until I fell asleep. I'd often wake up in the morning to see the phone call was still going for six plus hours after that. This was our dynamic. We could talk endlessly and never get tired. And we could talk freely and openly about religion, family dynamics, politics, our introspective thoughts, etc. Music was also a huge bond for us, and we share very similar tastes in bands. At the time that I met Matt, I was already seeing someone else. We'll call him Shitty X. (laughs) (laughs) Shitty X and I dated all of 2015, finally breaking things off in December as the year came to an end. Unsurprisingly, I met another dude. We'll call him New Guy. Only two to three weeks after that breakup, I have always had a habit of jumping from one relationship to the next. Except this new guy in my life was not at all like Shitty X. He was always thoughtful, talkative, always organized, exciting, and interesting dates. In the first few months of us dating, we rode horses, went to art museums, rode go-karts, etc. He kept it interesting and fun. Through both of these relationships, Matt remained a friend to me, though things started to shift. A year into my relationship with New Guy, Matt and I discontinued our late night phone calls. We would still catch up through text and still share music suggestions, but it seemed to me there was an obvious distance on his end. During the summer of 2017, I asked Matt when I would get to see him in person. He replied with a message I was unprepared to read. He texted me and disclosed that he doesn't feel he can meet me in person any longer because he has feelings for me. He says it would kill him to see me now. He says that he never found a kinship like he's had with me with any other woman. But he says that he'd still like to stay in touch because I'm bomb and doesn't wish to visit. My emotional reflex was to act completely shocked by this news, though if I'm being honest with all of the introspective conversations, lengthy phone calls and hangouts, it wasn't that impossible to see how one of us would have grown feelings. But I went with my emotional reflex in hopes that I could downplay this and save our friendship. I said, I have no idea you felt this way, to which I never received a response. At the time, things were pretty perfect with New Guy. We met each other's families, spent every weekend with each other at his apartment, and were completely exclusive for a year plus. Because of this and a lack of response from Matt, I did not try to reach out again until a month had passed. Finally, I sent a second text. Hey, Matt, I wanted to say I am truly sorry if I was ever unaware of your emotions and was only looking out for my own. I hope that this month's going well for you. To which, again, I received no response. Matt disappeared from Facebook, Instagram, my life in general. I had, I really had no say in this. I chose to pack up those feelings and went on to live in for another two years with new guy. In those two years, I moved in with him, got a job in that city. We basically merged lives. We've celebrated holidays together, gone on vacations, the whole thing. Well, this past year, I felt something change inside me a bit. I find myself getting frustrated with new guy, not for one huge thing, but for many small things. Examples. One, our love languages are not the same, and I struggle with feeling his love as he doesn't make as much effort, even after I express it. I am physical touch with a dash of quality time. He is acts of service 1000%. Example two, I find myself being the only one to initiate deep conversations. I'm the only one asking questions regarding childhood memories, past relationships, introspective thoughts, spiritualism, etc. We have been together for four years, but almost all of the deeper knowledge we hold on each other is a product of my emotional efforts. Example three, he does not share my love for music at all. I will try talking to him about lyrics or sing in the car with him, but he always rejects it. Many other examples too, including some social opinions he holds, the way we handle conflict, etc. 
Through the frustrations I've experienced in the last year, I find my mind constantly wandering back to that place where Matt and I packed away. Mm. Without realizing, I find myself comparing new guy to Matt, thinking Matt would ask more questions about this or about me, or Matt would always want to hold my hand, or Matt would be singing in the car and share a song with me as soon as he heard it because he'd just have to. That's how he is. I fought over things in my mind for months and I've finally decided to send a Matt a message after over two years of not speaking and living our separate lives. I broke down everything. I pointed out all the little moments within our shared time that I could pinpoint a feeling of something more than just friendship. I asked him to forgive me and my selfishness. I told him how I'd like to talk again someday if possible. This time, Matt actually replied. He explained his thought process in the past, how he thought he had been more evident with his feelings. We ended the conversation on a good note. He said, we are good now, Jess. No hard feelings. I thought we'd never talk again, but I'm happy you'd reached out. Hope 2020 is good to you. And I thought that was closure. I thought that was all it would be. I knew he cared and that I'd I'd had some guilt. He forgave me for those moments. I forgave him for disappearing and we wished each other well. Two months later, he sends me a meme. And the next thing I know, a meme turns into everything mentioned at the beginning of the letter. Daily thoughts, deep conversations about life, everything except for the phone calls. Why? Because every night I sleep next to New Guy. New Guy, my partner of four years, who frustrates me at times, but who I do love, who is not perfect and has been there for so much. And how do I tell New Guy that Matt has re-entered my life? Sam and Sierra, help. In any big or small way that you can, please help me decipher these feelings. Am I latching onto Matt because of the small issues within my current relationship? Or am I doing myself a disservice by not pursuing this person I feel I have so much in common with? We called each other twin souls before. What do I do? Do I stop communicating with Matt before things go too far? Or is this just a friendship with a rough patch that we've been able to move past that I am now just romanticizing because of the qualities that new guy lacks hoping you can shed some light. And again, sending love and happiness to you both. I adore you. All right, Jess, a.k.a. messy-hearted adult baby. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go this with Jess, qu- yeah, right. even though I really love the other name. <clears throat> this is quite a pickle, as Sierra would say. Yes, you're in a bit of a pickle. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We're sorry they're feeling this way. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for writing. Thanks for listening. Sam, have you ever been in a similar sitch? Mm. No. <laughs> Well, let me think about that. I th- I have. Yeah, um, no, I have too. I have, but I have looking back on those thing, those situations that I've been in. Mm-hmm. It's they have been more of a life rafty sort of situation, right. which I think is what we're going to dive into right mm-hmm. now. Do you want to take the lead on this one? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, so I think I think what Sierra and I are afraid is happening here. Mm-hmm is that you are feeling maybe a little unhappy in your current relationship. Um, and rather than look to why that unhappiness might be happening and or taking the uncomfortable and vulnerable steps of addressing some of the issues, you're instead looking for a life raft to save right. you from right. having to break up with a person and not having someone else there. Yeah. Totally. Right. And there are like multiple things that play there too, like maybe a fear of being alone or a fear of being single, um, which I'm not trying to say is like a bad thing because I right. think that That's many fine. of us That's have done this. And like also, thing. I have life rafted before, right? <laughs> which is like get someone else in line so that I don't have to dive into the icy cold waters of singledom <laughs> as the yeah. Titanic is going down. <laughs> 
Yep. 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 Um, and it sounds like you're like aware that this might be a thing, but right. from reading your letter, uh, that's what I'm concerned is happening. And so what I think would be helpful for you is to look at these two things as being separate things, mm-hmm. right? Um, look at your feelings for Matt and this conversation as a separate thing than your relationship and how you feel in it. Yeah. Uh, because it's easy to tie up those two things and give ourselves this narrative that allows us to break up with a person because we're so in love with someone else. Right. Uh, which doesn't lead to happiness or healthiness in either relationship. Right. Right. And that's, that's what's concerning about it. Yeah. And I mean, sure. It could maybe like, like she could break up with this boyfriend and be with Matt and it's perfect. Right. But the reality is right now it doesn't matter how Mm -hmm. perfect the potential of Matt could be Mm -hmm. because Matt isn't who you're dating. Absolutely. And Matt is this white whale. Right. Right. You're like, oh man, wow. I bet he's like so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you don't really know. Right. And it's like, well, Matt would ask me questions about myself, but like Matt might also like pick his teeth with his toenails, right? <laughs> Very flexible. <laughs> right. You don't know. Yeah. You've never been in relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I like to think about this is like you are... You're facing a very difficult situation. Also, if you pick your feet with your toenails, like you do you, just like don't do it in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) The things you pick to like apologize for. (laughs) I'm just imagining this poor poor person who like picks their feet with their their teeth or their toenails being like, wow, Sam really hates me. Hey, don't yuck their yum, Sam. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Anyway, what I was going to say is it doesn't. You it's what you're doing right now, Jess, is you are facing an already very difficult decision. Yes. Choosing to end a relationship or not end a relationship, right? Or even just show up in a relationship in a differently. way it, differently. That's hard. Yep. You are you are facing this decision and you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna build a jungle gym between <laughs> me and this decision. <laughs> Um, and that jungle gym consists of imagining what it would be like if I was with somebody else and not the person I'm with right now, mm. weighing the two potentials against each other. As if they are in any way equivalent. Right, right, right. And and that's okay. That is the way our brains are. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, honestly, oftentimes our brains love to make up conflict to avoid other conflict. For you sure. Know? Yep. Um, so this is all normal. But if, if we if we painted the picture, you're standing in front of a, of a very difficult decision and you're and you're adding more decision like more labor more emotional labor in front of it for sure when in reality is you should say to matt hey um can we take a break from talking um i'm having some conflicting feelings about my relationship and i need to sort out what i need to be really authentic mm-hmm. i don't know if that's real or not but like maybe don't be distracted by the niceties of his friendship right now when you're trying to find out whether you should stay with this guy that you love or pursue a different relationship you know sure. like they, they have to be separated somehow. Absolutely. And I think we do this type of thing because it means then that the, the conflict is no longer with us and another person. The conflict is all internal, right? So mm-hmm. now you can you can parse out how you're feeling and all of these different things on your own. Yes. As opposed to having to have an uncomfortable, maybe confrontational conversation mm-hmm. with your partner mm-hmm. and display that vulnerability to him ask him to meet you or even ask him to, or even tell him to break up. Right. Like instead of doing that, now you can just get all up in your head and your Uh feelings and sit here comfortably and be like, 
I'm a bad person because I'm doing this thing and I'm thinking about two men at the same time and I need to figure this out. I need to make a decision when yeah. it's like, no, so often <laughs> it's so much easier need... to be in conflict with yourself than it is to be in conflict with other people. And you want to hear some shit? Yeah. Let's, so let's often hear that we need another person to, to, to make our desires justifiable. Mm, yeah. Like, oh, that's real for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. My relationship is good. It's not great. It's been changing. I won't make space for my needs until I see a way out with someone else. Yes. Like that person could treat me better. So now I'm finally making space for my discomfort Mm -hmm. because of someone else, not because of my own human need (laughs) and and inherent deservedness of happiness. For sure. So this is all very human. (laughs) No, for sure. This is like why we picked this letter is because it's like, yep. Yeah. I want to read Sam's notes. Um, on, on this letter, it says, Matt cannot be your excuse. Matt cannot be it, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's how I feel like Matt, Matt cannot be it. Mm-hmm. It has to be its own. Your relationship is its own thing. You know what, Jess, Matt might be a great partner. He might be a perfect person. You might be so compatible and it was very kind and generous and thoughtful of you to rekindle, to apologize, all of these things. Like you did right by him. Right. Yeah, for and sure. as he said, we're all good, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, climb one mountain at a time. Yes. How can I show up for this relationship? What do I get what I need? How, how can I get what I need from this partner? And if I can't get it from this partner, I'm going to get it from myself first yep. before I find another Matt. For sure. And and I would also encourage you to stop comparing these unlike things, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are not the same. And mm-hmm. you, And like I said... Matt may talk to you about music, but he might also have other horrible things that he does that you don't know about right now. Yes, right? toenails. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, your partner brings things to this relationship that you maybe aren't seeing right now that would be missing if you were in a yeah. relationship with Matt. And so it's hard to compare these two things to each other. And you're doing a disservice to both of them by doing it. Yeah. Right. Like we talk about how comparison is an act of violence against yourself, like comparing two people who, who are you totally only, different and you know, in different contexts, right. Is actually very, um, harmful to yes. both of them, yeah. right? Because there's no way for your partner to ever be able to live up to the romanticism of Matt yeah. or like there's no way that your partner can hide his flaws enough so that you won't see them in the same way that you don't see Matt's right now. You know what I would say is the only comparison is okay uh, that is that is productive mm-hmm. is if you embody if you physicalize or embody your actual needs. Yeah. Right. So you say, this is what I know I need and deserve. How does that compare to what I'm getting? Yes, for sure. Yep. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also your partner doesn't need to provide every need for you to. Totally. totally. Uh, There's a reason why you didn't date Matt in the beginning. Right. For sure. Well, maybe it was new guy. Yeah. But but like what, what caused you to not. Mm -hmm go that step with him earlier. Cause it's not like you guys were dating. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'll tee, I'll shade. No, no, not, not I'll tee. I have been in many situationships that like I ended and I know that they're out there calling me their ex. Oh yeah, for or sure. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've, yes. Similar. You know? And I'm like, you're not my ex. We just talked on the phone for eight hours every night for <laughs> six years, you know? Yeah. We just slept in each other's bed three nights a week yes, for like a exactly. month. <laughs> um, no. And that's, that is absolutely real. Yeah. 
All right, Jess, thank you so much for writing. Good luck. Yes. We love you. We love you so much. All right. Our last letter is from Rochelle in love, who is writing to us from the void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm a new listener to your podcast and I love it. I decided to write in because I need some advice about someone I have fallen for, can't be with, and can't seem to get over. (laughs) The trifecta. (laughs) That sounds deadly. This may end up being a little long, so bear with me. About two years ago, I met a woman at work. Let's call her Jess. She came in as a consultant for our company, and I was instantly attracted to her uh, from day one. She is smart, beautiful, funny, and could hold a room like no one I've ever met. As the weeks and months progressed, I made a lot of effort to spend more time with her at work, and we developed a close friendship. All the while, I was falling for her. I never knew if I was or could ever be with someone she, be someone she was interested in. She is 15 years older than me. She's 48, and I'm 34, and has raised kids with a former partner, but is now single and on the next phase of her life. Still, I couldn't stop wanting to be around her. We vibed on a level that I've never experienced with another person. She bought me gifts like an orchid and this special chocolate she thought I'd like, but she was great about keeping the professional boundaries up. Part of this is that I was a client and being friends with me already crossed a line that she didn't normally cross. During the time Jess was consulting at our company, there was a lot of turmoil within our department. I knew that she would be leaving us soon as she had been with us for almost a year, much longer than we had originally anticipated. So I asked her about a job instead of asking her what I really wanted, which was for a date. We were driving to one of our offices and I brought up the fact that I was looking to relocate. Jess lived in another part of the state and flew in every few weeks. I asked if she wanted, if she would be a reference for me. So if I ever moved to her city, she said, if I ever moved, she would hire me within a heartbeat. And that started three months worth of talking and me leaving my job and relocating for a new one where Jess is now my boss. Mm -hmm. At this time, I chalked up my feelings um, to be just a big crush and figured that I would be fine because I was just so excited to be with her more. After moving, she and I spent a lot of alone time together, commuting into the office, getting dinner, and so on. We had intimate and intellectual conversations, and I felt a connection growing more and more. A new coworker that I had become close to asked me out of the blue if Jess had feelings for me because she was so different with me than when she was with anyone else. I, of course, said I didn't know but I tru- because I truly didn't. Around the second month into my new life, Jess asked me to go out on the river with her and her friend. That day was amazing, and being around Jess felt like so natural and easy. We had a wonderful time, and I realized when I got home that I was falling in love with her. Guys, it hit me like a ton of bricks and honestly felt so overwhelming. I knew I cared for her, but this sudden shift took me off guard. The whole day out, she was praising me to her friend, talking about how great I am and how I have the most beautiful hair. She be, she was being playful and splashing me with water and teasing me about my less than great paddleboarding skills, all of which was nothing new. She praises me and teases me all the time. However, it all now felt like it was coming to a head. Later that week, Jess mentioned to me that I shouldn't tell anyone else at work that we hung out like that together. I understood why she felt that way and was fine keeping it quiet. However, this was not the last time she brought up the secrecy. In the coming weeks after that trip, she started seeming paranoid and brought up several times that no one could know how often we talked. She would justify in our conversations about why she talked to me so much, but it all felt like she was just trying to convince herself of something. 
I started feeling really upset because all of this was clouded by the feelings that I knew I had for her. I understood that she was my boss, and so it couldn't look like she was playing favorites. However, this was going beyond the idea of anyone thinking we were just close friends. We had been close friends before she became my boss and then had never talked about that shift after. So I decided it was time to have a boundaries conversation. I went over to her house to drop something off and we ended up talking for a long time. In that conversation, I have brought up feeling unsure of how to navigate our relationship. And she said she was struggling also. I told her that I cared for her and didn't want to jeopardize anything for her at work. So I just needed to know where her boundaries were. She told me that she didn't know what they were and was having a hard time figuring it out. She told me that she never crossed the work slash personal life boundary before, and I was the first person to ever make that leap. She seemed nervous and unsure, but I stood my ground because I needed her to stop making things blurry. She told me that day we went paddling, felt too comfortable and easy, and that we couldn't hang out like that again, and she guessed that that was the boundary. She quickly followed that up with a statement, though, saying that we could still talk and commute together, basically leaving things just as blurry and muddy. We are now in present day of this story, and I have just been trying to hold this shaky, blurry boundary that she set a few months ago. We don't hang out outside of, quote, work, but we still get dinner alone on work nights, take long commutes together, and regularly text about things that are non-work related. I think she has feelings for me, but we never talked about it out loud. And because she is my boss, I don't see any way that I ever could tell her now. I'm getting emotional writing this because my heart aches so bad every time I'm around her. I also know this isn't completely romanticized in my mind because we've gotten in fights. She has habits that annoy me. I know her moods like the back of my hand, and yet still I want to be with her. I've resigned myself to the fact that I can't tell her how I feel and I need to move on but I have never been able to let go of someone without distance from them. I obviously can't have distance from her because we work so closely together. So I'm just reminded daily of my feelings. Do you think I should tell her how I feel? Would telling her release some of the power that this has on my heart? I feel like if I tell her, I could possibly lose our friendship altogether. I've also tried dating other people recently to help me move on, but my heart is just so tied up that I have no interest in anyone else. I feel like if I just knew she had feelings for me too, then I would accept it and move on. Holding this in alone is making me feel crazy. So guys, what should I do? Mm. I know. (laughs) Rochelle, thank you so much for writing. Um, It got me. (laughs) I'm in my feels. That's right. I see those eyes blurring with tears. (laughs) Well, I, I don't like when people feel powerless. Yeah. I, and I know the feeling of wanting something and feeling stuck and it's just hard. It is. And, and blurry boundaries and weird work. This is all very hard. Um, do you think that she, like just basic questions, do you think she should tell her boss? I don't know. No. <laughs> I think she should. Oh, should she? Well, <laughs> I would say yes if it weren't her boss. I, this is why I think she should say something. Yeah. They are already crossing the line. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, they're doing the thing that the other person, we, we tease the other person for, like not being in a relationship, but talking all night. Like mm-hmm. they are doing everything that if they just put the R word on it, you know, other than kissing and mm-hmm. physical and being in a relationship, like 
they're already overstepping so many boundaries of work and, and personal and professional that it's like, it can, this is not sustainable as is. Mm -hmm. So what needs to be shook loose now? But I would also say that the, the, that your boss has power well and has established boundaries, right? Has clearly conveyed what her boundaries are, but her sole blurry, shitty boundary like she's not, she, I, I would argue that the, that the boss is struggling just like Rochelle is mm-hmm. because they still text all the time. They do these commutes. They have dinner on work nights. Like that's still doing that, but you're right. I guess you're right. That, <laughs> well, I feel like I would, I would say, I think just like the first letter that an open and honest conversation is something that could shake some things loose and allow her to move, allow Rochelle to move on in sure. a full way. Yeah. Um, but in my it, comment, the expense of the job then, right. And that's what's but yeah. jobs. You can get another job. That's what I honestly, you already relocated. Like I've, I, it's not like I want you to leave the city, but like this, you can get another job. This is, Something you said at the, like on the second page of your letter, um, basically like, I feel like if I tell her, her, I could lose our friendship altogether, mm-hmm. but you were so compelling in your letter to tell us about how painful this friendship is. Mm-hmm. It's literally painful. Yep. It's painful you to, for you to be around her because of your desires, because of what's unspoken, because yep. of the confusion and the power dynamic at work, like it's, this is a painful friendship, you know, as sure. much as it is beneficial too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in me saying like, I don't think you should tell yeah. your boss about your feelings. I'm not saying that this, whatever is happening here yeah. should continue the way that it's continuing. Like that's, that's not my advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like my advice is that, um, you know, telling your boss that you have feelings for her might complicate the situation and she's giving you a lot of blurry boundaries, Right. And so in similar situations with people who are interested in people who then give them very blurry boundaries, I would say it's up to you to establish your own. True. Right. And if this was, if this was one of the many letters that we get about people who are (laughs) dating awful men who are (laughs) like giving them wishy-washy feelings and saying like, I really want to hang out with you, but like, oh, I would say you're the one that needs to establish your boundaries with this person. And I'm going to say this, your boss knows that you have feelings for her. She does. There is no way that she does not know that based on the things that you have told her and the way that you have acted around her. I think there is a case to be made for you saying it explicitly if that makes you feel better. But I'm telling you, she knows how you feel and she's giving you an answer right now. And that answer is no. Okay. You know, it's, (laughs) You are right, <laughs> but here is another reality that I would pose that also might be right. Okay, great. Love it. Like, like everything that said, Sam said is like logical and like could be true, but yes. I think this I could be I am a true. Vulcan by nature. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is so real. Okay, first of all, there's a big age difference between them. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the boss is clouded by the confusion of being somebody, like wanting to date a... Um, like a an employee mm-hmm. having feelings for someone who is much younger than them and just assuming that Rochelle, because after all this time, Rochelle has not said anything, maybe the boss just assumes that that isn't reciprocated to the level 
of which they would risk jobs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think like maybe I didn't my <laughs> I feel like my um potential answer it wasn't said as well <laughs> as yours was. No, I, but that I, I think that those it. are both potential things because I was going to say like man if if people don't say something to me directly I I cannot believe it until I hear it. Sure. You know? Yeah. And I the age difference might make this make this boss feel like Rochelle would never want to be with someone that much older than her, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're close, like, I don't know, something stopping her from crossing the line. And it, like Sam said, it could be that she just doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. It also could be that she doesn't think it's reciprocated and she's doing the same fucking thumb twirling that Rochelle is doing the tiptoeing around it. Yeah, I get that. But I also think like Rochelle, it's not your job to right. fix her problems with figuring this situation right, right, out, right, right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think you couldn't you could grind yourself bloody yeah. trying to get her to figure out her shit enough yeah. to be able to reciprocate these feelings for you but i think if this if this person that you were in love with wasn't a like very successfully employed 48 year old woman yeah our advice for you would be like bye yeah would be like get out of this but just because she's a well-employed 48 year old woman who has had a relationship and and has and like has a track record. And, and I don't does, read any huge red flags in this letter. That's another thing. It's like, we're not like reading any. I do. Well, I'm not reading any major ones. She's Wishy-washy boundaries. Her. She is gaslighting her. You think? Yes. Okay. Let me scroll. Flip no, but up. like the things that are happening is like inviting her, like saying, I'm not going to cross the line. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to blend the professional and, and personal and then immediately blending the professional and personal. Totally fair. I want to like, I, I'm, I'm going to set up boundaries that are wishy-washy. So you don't know exactly where I stand. And then I'm going to renege on access to you. Exactly. And I think, um, I think it's important for us to say like, just because people are older and seemingly have their lives together, doesn't mean that they are actually emotionally mature enough to be able to articulate feelings and be in relationship in a meaningful way with other people, which is not to say that she's a bad person. This is a complicated situation for sure. Like I get that, but it also is like, it's not your job to fix this for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is your job to find a way to find peace in this either by telling her how you feel, which is I'm still not writing off the table. Right. <laughs> uh, it's not off the table, but also saying like, what boundaries do I need to have in place so that I am not in this limbo that she is actively trying to keep me in? Yeah. And I think a big thing I take from all of that is this is not sustainable. Right. For sure. These feelings are obviously not going to go away without being physically removed. <laughs> yep. Um, and by, something that would physically remove it is saying... I have feelings for you. I I know this can't happen. So I need to change our behavior Mm -hmm. drastically and in a clear black and white sort of way. Yep. Or you can be with me because what's up, girl? (laughs) I have beautiful hair. That's right. I'm very employable. We love to splash in the river. Yeah. No, the (laughs) sucker in me. Two river nymphs. (laughs) Yeah. The sucker in me says, I think, I, I think. Go for love, man. That's right. I'm a and sucker, the, though. Like Sam's, the, like the, whatever I am in Vulcan. me. Vulcan, yeah, is like this is just a a world of heartbreak. Yeah, I'm gonna just maybe it's the end of the episode, and I'm just like <laughs> boundaries don't matter. Did it? I think Michelle's a teller. I I don't know who I am in this very moment. I'm not. I'm serious. Like we give such well rounded like 
critical advice. But in this moment, I just think like there's something between you two and whatever, whatever, we don't know fully what are the issues that are stopping it from manifesting. And most of it's jobs. Some some of it's maybe personal history, age difference, all of this stuff. Yep. She might feel like she has a power dynamic over you, which she totally does. She does, right? That makes sense. And so she's obviously like confused. But you literally, Sam is going to close out this letter because I'm about to give you a ton of bad romantic advice. (laughs) And I need Sam to like bring us back to you and your, you just, you just need to do what you're great at. No, this is fine. I'm excited for your romantic advice. I'm going to try and. Yeah, balance it. Yeah. That's that's what I'm asking you to do. Okay. So Rochelle, I think you should say, I want to talk to you. And I want to have the first honest conversation with you that I've ever had in this, in this friendship. Mm-hmm. I have feelings for you. I think you have feelings for me too. I think we have a special connection and I don't know what our future holds, but I can't keep this in anymore. That doesn't mean we need to act on it. That doesn't mean that we can't be, I can't move on from this, but I need you to know how I feel because I want you to know me. Mm-hmm. When I go to work, I can put this part of me away or I might have to find a new job because this has taken over my understanding of our relationship, but I, I don't need anything from you. I just need you to know. Mm-hmm. I need to speak on this. I, I, I That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And be prepared to then prioritize your own boundaries. Like uh, what, if she says, I can't be with you, then you have to say, I think I'm going to look for a different job. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this dance for too long and I don't want to do this dance anymore. Yep. I deserve to be happy and move on. And I'm just like you, Rochelle. I need space to, to move on. I need to delete their fucking no- phone number. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to get my fucking brain erased, you know, like beautiful mind sort of, or what is that? Eternal sunshine. Yeah. Of the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful mind. Oh my God. That's beautiful mind is- <laughs> <laughs> no, beautiful mind is, um, Russell Crowe and yeah, the math dude. Wasn't oh he? yeah, yeah, math. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> honestly, that's what I would say. Like, I would, I wouldn't want to see this potential connection lost to, um, the sterility of work, the work zone. Yep. Because if we're talking about the universal forces of love, it's not your fucking fault that you fell in love with your boss. For sure. That, no. that HR, like, love doesn't give a shit about HR. Mm. <laughs> However, here's Sam's logic. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not opposed to no, that. No, you've been very supportive of me. But I also think... And I want to end on this note more than my note. No, I mean, I think you can do it for sure. But you also... It is also about you too, right? And so I think you need to be clear about your your um, your feelings for her if you are going to do this. But also understand that you either need to get clarity about how she's feeling or you're done with this dance. Yes. Right? So it's either like, yes, I have feelings for you. I'm scared. I don't know how to do this, but I want to figure out how to work it out. Or it is, you have to take it as I don't have feelings for you. Yep. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because... Because otherwise... you can't hear... You can't be in limbo with her anymore. So if she gives you anything other than a... I want to be with you or I don't want to be with you. It's, it's either one or the other. Yep. You can only be those two answers. Right. Cause it's because anything else is limbo and right. that's where you are right now. And, that doesn't and limbo change anything. is I don't want to be with you for sure. Or so you could either do that or you could say, uh, this person isn't capable right now of meeting me where I'm at. 
I don't have the time and energy to teach this person how to love me. And so I am going to take a step back. I'm going to establish my own boundaries. I'm going to say, we text about work. Uh, we don't go for meals after work. If we need I to have a meeting, I don't owe you my attention or right. my friendship. If we have a meeting, it needs to happen during work hours. It can't be after hours at dinner over drinks, right? Like all of the things that, that honestly we should be doing in the workplace because mm-hmm. like situations like this get messy real quick. Um, then it has to be that. And you have to lay down those ground rules and say, if you're not able to maintain your own boundaries and I need to maintain mine, which is that I don't want to be in this unhealthy limbo with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with you saying like, you don't have to tell her this, but like, look for a new job, get yeah, some space from so this. Too. And then maybe who knows yeah, once you have you, a new job, you have you a can, new job. That's free game. Yeah. You, you can approach and be like, <laughs> you're a water nymph. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, but I do think, I think at the end of the day, no matter how you handle the situation, it is about maintaining boundaries and understanding that this limbo that you're in cannot continue and that you are both equal participants in this limbo existing. Yep. I know that she's sort of giving you these wishy-washy answers and that's on her, but well, also on them. you to say, I'm on, I don't want this wishy-washy mm-hmm. and I will either say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really all you can say if the other person <laughs> yeah. is being wishy-washy, but then you have to say goodbye and say like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah. This hurts me. I want to find something that sustains me in a nutritious way. Yep. Ooh, nutritious. Yeah. What a great relationship word. Thank you. That's how I wanted to end. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Rochelle, thank you so much for writing. Um, I really enjoyed answering this letter. Me and too. we wish you all the best. Absolutely. We love you. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of this episode. Every episode, we want to shout out something we want to set you up with. This week, we want to send you home with... A book series called The Broken Earth Trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's by uh, N.K. Jemison, who Ooh, I have, name. yeah, I've talked about before because I recommended um, a podcast that she did with Ezra oh, Klein. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the book is uh, sort of a sci fi fantasy book um, about this uh, world that exists uh, where there are like constant earthquakes and like horrible things that happen that cause the like nuclear winters basically. Um, but that's all like, because the earth is so, uh, unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are these people that can like control the earth with their minds and it's, uh, and they're like second class citizens. Uh, what I love about it is that it's just like really well-written Did fantasy. and sci-fi. Awards. Yeah. I won. So th- each of three books won the Hugo award, mm-hmm. which is the first time that's ever happened for a trilogy, oh my God, amazing. which is amazing. She's also, um, a female writer of color. Right. Um, and I think that's actually what makes makes the book so good is that they're they're well written first of all but also they are written from the point of view of women mm. and they bring like and that that sort of intersectional perspective yes and that femininity is like central to the characters so it's not like oh there's these like there's it's not like Cersei Lannister, like I'm a badass woman that like thinks about my boobs all the time right love that book first of all <laughs> no tea no shit but it's about like it is such yes, a needed I, and interesting perspective in that genre. Absolutely. And uh, just brings so much life to the characters. That's just fantastic. They I are complicated. That. They are messy. They are mean, but they are also loving. And it's just like, it's so f- wonderful to read uh, fantasy that has characters and particularly female characters yes, totally. that are so well-written and so well-rounded. I love that. Yeah. And so um, it's called the Broken Earth Trilogy. It's some of the best You've sci-fi writing. You've sold it. I'm going to read it now from this. You should. And it's like immensely readable. It is 
dark though mm. sometimes. Oh, I love that. I mean, you know. <laughs> like I read, I finished the first book and was like, fuck. <laughs> Um, but it's so good. It's the uh, Broken Earth series by N.K. Jemison. Okay, awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our Just Break Up merchandise. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you can get an additional bonus weekly episode. Uh, Check that out at patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, and... Remember, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong, how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who actually does strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. And if all else fails, just break up.